Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 158, and today we'll be talking about the art book. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. So we're back to talk about the art book in general, as opposed to the uh, one special thing that caught my eye. I, I think I speak for not just all three of us, but for the entire fandom when I say the art book is a fantastic product for a fan. Yeah, it's just, it has so much content in it. Like, I think I haven't even read half of what there is to be read. I've seen all the pictures, you know, but I have not been able to just read all the content that's in there because there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there are a, there's a lot of writing in the art book and I, I really am happy for that. This, this, it's not just an art book. It's a behind the scenes book with a lot of art in it. Mm -hmm. And they really touch over every part of the process. I mean, you get the origins, you get talks about Rebecca and Steven's childhood. You get uh, everything about the post process. Even the music of the show is described, um, which is great. So uh, it goes, you know, this was before the official podcast was out. Uh, which has also now given us a lot of more uh, insight into the process of making Steven Universe. But man, when you go through this book, there's such a scale to the production and world of it that really it almost it's almost disappointing to then go back to the show because the, the 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 world, everything, all the drawings, it's so huge. There's so much suggestion of of, of so much of what the show is in all the people's <laughs> who are creating it heads, and it, it's incredible. I mean, it's just. Things you don't even think about seeing uh, their inking guides for, oh, draw the lines this way. Make them taper like mm-hmm. this. Don't draw everything evenly like this. Uh, insane amounts of sample designs, homeworld designs. It's it's breathtaking. And you yeah. think you see it all when you flip through it. And then I every time, it's crazy. I'm Right now, I'm looking at a picture of Greg's van. It shows how much you have to tint Greg's windows on his van. Apparently, it's 70%. So, you know. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, On a lot of character sheets, they have the certain opacity that things should be set to. So I think I remember Very seeing the hollow pearl, the her projections are always set to a certain opacity. And I think they even specified the layer setting that it should be set to, like screen or something, one of those Photoshop layer settings. Hey, if you know what you want, call it out. That way, I mean, otherwise you'll just have to have them edit it later. When it comes to creating works like this in animation, there is so much stuff in the production. Because um, if you look at any Disney movie, the, the amount of stuff that just goes into setting down the absolute basics is astounding. And Steven Universe is probably one of the more freeform sort of things. It um, Oh yeah, Mr. Jones Cordy is all about off-model. Yeah, yeah, and, and and its own thing could be its own discussion, but um, it's very much about being, about allowing a lot more freedom in a sense to to attempt to break the mold a bit more. But even then, there's just so many guidelines to make sure that stuff is is consistent. Right. So yeah, and when it comes to animation, it's it's crazy. Yeah, they don't say like how big to make the pupils. That's up to the storyboarders. But when it when it comes to giving an overall style to the show, I mean, they absolutely have it down to the minutia. Mm-hmm. Other things in the art book, uh, there's just 
one of the things that I enjoyed the most was the concept art of things that just never make it into the show. There's mm-hmm. monster designs that almost just look like they don't even have a place anymore in the show yeah. uh, from, you know, something that made the rounds everywhere. The cluster design just totally oh, yeah. cool and, and kind of just evil, menacing looking. It's a little bit smaller than the show would lead us to expect, but I like to think well, that that's more or less the kind of form it would take. Kind yeah. of a well, yeah, except ah. it would be the size of a planet, at least. Yeah, so that 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 concept art was obviously before they decided that its formation would kill everything. Before that, they thought it would just come out of the ground and you know stomp a couple cities, be a really bad thing. But here, it would like literally explode the Earth. Yep. So to put it into terms of One Punch Man, they moved it up from a dragon-level threat to a god-level threat. Mm-hmm. Which makes it all the much harder to see on the show. So we'll see where we end up with the cluster. <laughs> so one thing that I was really captivated by was the comprehensive world map on page 170. That mm. has... Is that the one on the whiteboard? Uh, it may be a whiteboard. I don't know. It's page 170, the world building map making. It's got a couple things, but it's the one on the bottom that has the whole planet Earth, all its continents, and most interestingly, the locations of all the major gem sites. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this map. I really like it, because something that really caught my attention is, remember in... I think it was, it could have been great. We saw our first look at really what planet Earth looked like. And we saw a gem location smack in the middle of that big old hole in Eurasia. And people were like, oh, is that is that location the lunar sea spire? And it's actually not. It's something oh. even more interesting. It's the galaxy board. <laughs> which neither of those could be there. <laughs> the, only because of the speed at which Lapis would fly. And, you know, maybe cartoon logic, but... Just like the no. the beach city map next to it, it seems like they're probably both a little out of date from where the show's at now. Pa- hopefully, because uh, I don't know. If the galaxy warps what's in the middle of the Tunguska Sea, it seems a little boring to me <laughs> now. Plus, like, I don't know. Because then there's nothing to explore there as to how that hole got there. Unless, well, maybe the homeworld gems cleared out that huge area of the map to, to put the galaxy warp there. No, what I was thinking was, um, Lapis was left at the Galaxy Warp, and she was the one, she saw the explosion, so it could be, mm. like, the, 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 the nuke, essentially, the corrupting agent, whatever we have decided to call it. And so, what I'm thinking is that that, you know, nuke from orbit that Homeworld did, that the diamonds did to corrupt all the gems on Earth, was done centered on the Galaxy Warp. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So centered on the one place that we know for a fact that Homeworld controlled at the time. Yeah, and maybe the bomb doesn't affect the actual warp. That could that could work. Well, it could be that it was Rose's shield that protected it. That she was there That's true. with everyone else. Why would Rose be at the Galaxy Warp? They'd be chasing away the fleeing Homeworld gems, not really understanding what was happening. Hmm... There are, uh, there's also funny things like, uh, there, there's a picture of a person blowing, uh, some clouds in the bottom right of the map. In another part mm-hmm. of the art book, they discussed the idea of, and I can't remember the hilarious name they gave it, but Australia was basically a flying continent that just happened to be passing by uh, all the time. <laughs> yes, I remember reading about that concept, and I think they should have gone for it. They still could. 
they could still go for it because a lot of people are like, oh, how come these people, you know, they're these aliens from outer space and nobody cares. And it's like, yeah, but these aliens from outer space have always been there. Nobody cares because they're just there. Australia's Australia's just flying by, yeah. So yeah, if you you had just people being completely nonchalant about what is essentially a non-hostile new Columbia flying around all the time, uh, Bioshock Infinite, if you're wondering, that would really drive home that just because it's weird to you doesn't mean it's weird to people who live with this in their day-to-day lives. (laughs) It's like, oh man, there's aliens on our planet. Yeah, but Australians in the sky. So, hmm. I'm not that that's an interesting thing too. I didn't actually get to reading that part, but just looking at all the little locations, how the kindergarten is in the kind of Ohio area and the communication tower is somewhere in probably New Mexico. And all these like, I don't know. I just I think it's really fascinating looking at all where all these locations are kind of oh, confirmed. Okay. The fact that that map places the galaxy warp so far away from Beach City means oh yeah you're right that one episode hmm Mm -hmm. you know where lapis just casually flies away in one solid scene it's just like in uh steven floats where you have more than half an hour pass even though it's one solid scene yeah um it just doesn't make any sense to have the galaxy warp be that far away and i mean this you think pearl liking pie is hard to explain away. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like you to explain away that. Oh, Lapis just likes the concept of flying aimlessly. <laughs> well, imagine just she's saying. flying at like Mach two, with Steven on her back, and Steven is just like, "Oh, hey, this is fun." <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, at the very least, you'd think his shirt would be like moving or something. I'm not sure. I mean, like, well, no, because um, in Beach City, you're not traveling all the way across the map. You're traveling over the Arctic, which has its yeah, own it's, it's still logical problems as well. It's still a pretty quick trip. Hmm. But like, yeah, that's an interesting. But I think that's just one logic hole because people in Beach City tend to sometimes move a little, and, and Steven Universe tend to move a little bit faster than maybe they should. They move at the speed of plot. Yep, mm-hmm. I was about to mm-hmm. say. Uh, Rose's Fountain is in northern Spain. I think that's awesome. What are these? It, it's just really fascinating, and I'm just like taking an eyeful because I only saw it today. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you guys <laughs> remember the concept art of the Sirius Stephen that's got a full page in the art book? Oh and my it was goodness! Used as one of the images for one of the official podcasts. I mean, I just think that image specifically is pretty striking. Let me let me look up its page number for yeah. anyone interested. Yeah. Because I remember seeing it, but I can't remember where in the book it is. It's on page 47. That just, you know, just like um, there's another place in the book where they, they talk about having to design some homeworld gems for cheeseburger backpack for Pearl's hologram. The, I, you know, when they were developing some of these, some of these images, some of these uh, models before before we got to the point we're in the show now. I, I I'm really interested and intrigued by how how they were thinking of Homeworld and and what kind of stories they were imagining that early on. And Sirius Steven is just uh, one of those mysteries where we still we still don't know about the mural and and it's shots like that that are just so mysterious. Who is that gem that that temple was dedicated to? Uh, 
I mean, we've learned some. We haven't even seen the entire mural. We, we've seen 60% of it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Steven just doesn't ask follow-up questions. How come when he was looking on that search for Rose, that search for Rose's purpose, he didn't go to the the Pyramid Temple? I mean, didn't it blow up? It did oh, blow up. <laughs> you were right about that. It did blow up. There, There's no re-inspecting it, unfortunately. Unless Buddy drew some more pictures of it in his journal. Homeworld probably has the construction's plans for it somewhere, although someone got a little angry and destroyed the uh, mm. master computer for the colony. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Garnet. Maybe Peridot could put it back together. Maybe. Peridot is good at fixing things. You know, both Garnet and Peridot have a ton of interesting designs explored in this book. When I, when I first saw the initial uh, sort of pilot-esque drawings for Peridot, uh, I, I can't lie when I say I might be a little disappointed by how she looks now. I mean, she's she's cute and fun now, but it was an interesting direction they, that, that Rebecca had uh, in her initial sketches. Also, Garnet is just so cool and serious looking. They also have some fusion designs uh, around the middle of the book. Uh, there's a there's a Garnet and Pearl for fusion specifically that is Mostly Garnet with Pearl's skirt. Uh, it's just really interesting to see. Uh, yeah, it's like, I really love seeing how their concepts for fusion. It's not just so much combining these two gems. It's trying to find something new that would be created mm-hmm. with them forming together. What 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 new personality trait or, or kind of theme would bring it together because it's more than simply the combination of two characters and i think that's like i've seen a lot of people do their concepts for um for for fusions uh, for gems that we haven't seen yet and i I like something always kind of felt off in the sense that that they're missing the idea that it needs to have more than just the two components like it needs to have its own theme I've noticed that a lot. I've actually commented about that. It's like, this is very lovely, but it is basically just this person plus this person. Yeah, like, like Garnet, she's a combination of, like, these two fire and ice characters. I mean, to be to be fair to the fan artists, though, that's really all you can do. I mean, you could just that's go out and say, oh, yeah, this person is a combination of Garnet and Pearl, and everybody's going to be like, yeah, I can't really tell. She doesn't look like either one of them. It's like... You can't win, so <laughs> I can understand wanting to blend the visual elements. That's not really... It's just, we know for a fact that it's not going to look like this, is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, you can have a thought experiment where you introduce a, a fusion without saying who the components are and, like, find a way to hide the gems. Oh, good grief. If you had done that with Sardonyx before we saw Opal, oh. I would have pegged her as Pearl Amethyst from a mile away. Yeah, I, it does It does strike me as Pearl Amethyst. So it's like this whole thing of um, fusions aren't necessarily, you know, cut and clear, looks exactly like the two components. You can see it from a mile away. Sometimes it's a bit of a guessing game. Because Sardonyx, she's not just Garnet plus Pearl. She's like a, a show person. She's got this whole theme kind of going on with her personality and her kind of character. Yeah, really, Opal Opal should have been Pearl Garnet, and Sardonyx should have been Pearl Amethyst. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's, but... Mm. Mm. Since since we're talking about pages uh, from the art book we love, page 158 has the uh, letter that Rebecca Sugar sent to Charlene Yee, Ruby's voice actress, 
asking her to voice Ruby. And it has mm. just these adorable, this adorable drawing <laughs> of Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, and then equals Garnet. And then, you know, Charlene uh, sent her uh, handwritten letter back. And then Rebecca r- replies. It's just, it's just adorable. <laughs> I, <laughs> these letters are amazing. That is really precious, actually. I love it. But yeah, uh, just having the full-color art book, it, it, it's nice. It is very I'm nice. I'm going to wave my pom-poms, be a bit of a cheerleader, you know? Yeah, I mean, Steven Universe, besides not having the actual episodes coming out, has been cranking out other types of content, which soothes the wounds a little bit, I guess. Yeah, it also really helps me connect with just the creators of the show more really get you get a lot of perspective on where some of them are coming from when creating creating the show obviously uh some of the storyboarders have been pretty vocal on on twitter and tumblr and and some people know them very well some people have also caused them a lot of grief um (laughs) such as the nature of the internet so yeah Uh, yeah that was one kind of big nasty side effect that caught us caught a lot of us off guard was um when you create content that's very popular and you also are very active on social media people tend to think that you owe them something and as as we've seen by example it got pretty nasty but yeah so you know it's it's really great to see all their perspectives given here uh it's Matt used to tweet a lot. I used to read his stuff uh, back in the day and was always intrigued by any insight oh, he him. had on an upcoming him. episode. I, I miss his D.B. Cooper uh, Twitter Twitter profile image. Mm-hmm. He needs to switch back to that. I know. I, yeah, I really liked um, Matt's involvement, but, you know, he eventually stopped kind of answering those kinds of questions. So Yeah. yeah. So he became a lot less fun. <laughs> well, for good reason. Like I don't I don't blame any of the Crooniverse for trying to keep a distance from right. their fandom. So so if you miss them, go get this go get this art book because it's not it's not just art, although it is chock full of it. there's really it, it's hard to it's tempting to just cover every single quote from the book. there's just so many pieces where you go, Wow, I can't I can't believe how they were able to you know, translate this into an episode. And sometimes it's a little sad because sometimes I miss their, their intention. Uh, Sometimes the story they wanted to tell or or the feeling that they wanted to express doesn't, didn't quite make it to me in the episode they boarded, but now you get to know about it again. It just makes it feel so much more like, like a product of love and of just this really awesome group of people we see glimpses of it online and and in in their different posts and we we see you know pearl's voice you know dd Dee Dee and 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 all mm-hmm. them interacting but yeah it's just it's just really cool to see and it's inspiring for for future creators i mean just dd's Dee enthusiasm comes across in every word she writes <laughs> yeah she's she's definitely the actress for pearl like she doesn't even have to method act it's just her <laughs> I mean, best actress for best gem, am I right? But did you guys th- see that that video? I think it was on Instagram where someone was in Burbank and actually ran, ran into Zach Callison, and it was like, and I think Zach said, "Oh man, aren't you missing all those new Steven Universe episodes, or something like that?" And it was, <laughs> uh, I think they're feeling it too. I just, I don't know what's happening. I don't know uh. what is going through Cartoon Network's 
uh, scheduling department. Salt. Yeah, it's so much. Mm. We all miss Steven. <laughs> we all do. It's really hard to be motivated into Steven Universe when there's just been no new content at all. Or old content. Finally, this Sunday, they're re-airing Wanted at 6 in the morning. <laughs> but there will be reruns on the schedule for the first time in more than two months. And then they get cancelled and yeah, replaced with Teen Titan Go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, uh. it's 6 in the morning. But what what harm is it going to do to not run TTG? Yeah. So if you're looking to make up stories uh, of Steven Universe, there, there's plenty of fun designs in here and, and, and lost concepts to keep you going. I definitely... Yeah. Uh, you know, some some things like we saw Steven losing his hair in in show, but but as a prank. But there's actually some great sticky notes drawings uh, on the back cover of the book that show him both losing his hair and then it later growing back and being really short curls. All these just incredibly small stories that that just didn't have a place in the show, but but make it here. And then some that aren't really even show concepts like Lapis as a fork or maybe a maybe a a hat stand. So. Geraldine! Yeah, and I mean, Someone's like, if you're the kind of person that wants to make fake Steven Universe screenshots, which have fooled <laughs> me on several <laughs> occasions, um, this is your guide. Because it has everything down to exactly how to portray that line art mm-hmm. and those character proportions. But yeah, this, this was the first big merch we got, and I was happy to get it. Happy to finally talk about it. Weren't there those, th- those vinyl records as well? Uh, they haven't shipped out yet. No, hmm. I have the uh, <laughs> the mini vinyl, but I actually haven't gotten to listen to it yet because I need to get me a vinyl record player. So <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, that's another great thing about the art book. No, it's a, it's a media that lasts forever. As long as you know, can, can read some English, it will always be there for you. And even if you can't read English, you can look at the pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and was going to, I would have ragged on Steven Universe for having the audacity to ship anything in vinyl records. But considering the show and how it does kind of like to have those callbacks to old technology and, you know, not everyone can upgrade and some people really do like their old records, that kind of thing. I'm tolerating it. Any more thoughts about the art book? Um. I don't know. I just, I, 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 there's just so much to talk about. I wish I could have really read every single paragraph in here. <laughs> yeah, my, it's okay. Maybe, maybe we'll revisit it. Maybe. Yeah, there's definitely uh, my last haunting thought is as I think towards season five. There, there's so many tantalizing pieces about about homeworld in here. There's some really incredible sketches by Rebecca that just hint at this whole world that I've, I have no idea how much we'll explore, but. It's it's exciting. I guess that's what the art book does for me as far as looking looking forward to whenever we do get new episodes is that there really is this this big universe and, and, and big ideas ahead of the show. And I, I hope they can maximize their use of them. Yeah, I guess until we get new episodes, we won't have a concrete answer. <laughs> Wink. Anyway, I think that'll do it for us. Until next week, I'm DC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. Leave us a review on iTunes. Please. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.